welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dental Deep Dive. I'm your host, David Danielson, and today I'm joined by Melissa Marquez. Melissa has a tremendous wealth of experience and has become one of the great operational leaders in the DSO world. She joined Dental One Partners in 2004, and after being there for 15 years, moved on to becoming the Chief Operating Officer for Jarvis Analytics. Melissa continues to expand her knowledge and capabilities and she's really focused on helping organizations optimize their performance with analytics capabilities. And with that, let's dive in. Melissa, we're super excited that you're here. Super glad that you could join us today on the podcast. Me too. So one of the things that we really want to focus in on today is really talking about some of that high-level understanding of analytics in general, right? Obviously, we know that you have a key role with Jarvis Analytics, but I think one of the things I think is really important is that it's important for organizations to understand the role of analytics, where they play, how they can leverage them, and then it helps them make better decisions. And so part of what we'll do today is we'll kind of explore some of those things And as we want to kick this off, one of the questions that I get asked a lot, and so I pass on to everybody else is, so what are some of the hot trends that you're seeing in the market? What are people asking you about? What are they asking you for? Tell us a little bit about what's going on in dentistry. Well, I would say, and it sounds kind of corny, but trends are trending. I mean, everyone isn't just as interested in kind of the old school, how did we do last month and how are we doing this year compared to plan? Everyone's really focused on improvement, improvement over prior year, especially with the odd year that we had, improvement month over month, and just really trending more towards a growth mindset. So being able to see one or more metrics in one view where you can see that growth or decline is really, really, I think now more important than ever. It's not just enough to sort of have a plan or a budget or a goal. Everyone's really, really focused in on growth. And then when it comes to specific sort of new metrics that I'm hearing a lot of inquiries about, everyone wants to really look forward more than they are looking backwards. You know, whether that's using some predictive analysis to think about what is our hygiene rate going to look like six months from now? Are we really building our future? What's on the schedule three months from now? Those types of things are more important, I think, now than they were a year and a half, two years ago when I first joined Jarvis. People are really focused in on that continuous growth, the month over month trends, and then really looking forward to see how their schedules are stacking. So they want to know you know, how much open chair time do I have next month for this particular type of provider and then go and attack that area? Do you find that they're looking at it from a continuous improvement lens or is it more of a practice accountability lens? Oh gosh, both are are really important. I got to say both. It's hard for me to pick one. Um, And it really depends on the model. I think of the group that we're working with, right? You know, there are some models that are much more partnership focused, more of a DPO model, if you will, where maybe they're not establishing the budget or the goals for their practices. And they're really just focused on 
the improvement lens, right? But there are other models that have very specific initiatives that they're expecting to achieve for that particular time. And they have set benchmarks and accountabilities for their practice teams that they really come to expect certain levels of criteria be met. So we really try and meet groups and DSOs where they're at. What is their model? How do they like to coach their practices? And then try and deliver what their needs are. Is it more continuous improvement because they're there to partner with the doctor who has as much interest in improving things as they do? Or is it the accountability lens where maybe the doctor is not an owner and they're really looking to that practice manager to drive results? I think that's really interesting because, you know, I get those questions too, right? You know, I'm also responsible for a practice management platform and people ask a lot, what's that lens? And the universal answer that we hear pretty consistently is it comes back to, you know, their vision, their mission, their goals, their objectives, what are they trying to accomplish, and then aligning to that. And I I think you really nailed it. So tell us a little bit about your role with Jarvis Analytics. Tell us a little bit about the platform and how are you guys really helping dental organizations scale and grow right now? Jarvis is really unique, and it's been just a great pleasure to be kind of involved at the ground level. I joined Jarvis close to two years ago in January of 2020, right before the world sort of changed quite a bit for us. And prior to that, I was in an operations role. So I was the chief operating officer of the non-branded segment for a large DSO. And I'd been there 15 years in a lot of various roles that you find in a DSO. So I started there, you know, managing one practice as a team leader and then grew into more of a training role from there, more of a regional and then director and then VP of ops role with my last three years as chief operating officer. So it gave me the opportunity to experience what those different roles were like and what type of metrics you need at each stage in your career in a DSO. Because the, you know, the lens that you're looking through may be a little different as a practice manager versus when you're responsible for the performance of 10 locations or even 100 locations. And when I joined Jarvis, we were working with customers and and we've been working with customers on these specifics analytics needs for groups since about 2017. And kind of our early adopters, our VIP legacy customers, if you will, started um, working with Jarvis around that time frame when they had maybe a third of the practices that they do today. So we've really grown with them. And those first customers have been really instrumental into the types of things that you'll find in Jarvis. We really thrive on helping DSOs and groups solve problems. And many of the problems that they have, you'll find are the same types of problems that other DSOs and groups are experiencing. Nobody really talks about them a lot. Some people are afraid they might give away, you know, some of their secrets or they all kind of have this belief that they're unique. And I think every DSO is unique in some ways. And you tapped into that in the beginning of our discussion with their vision and their design. But since 2017, we've been working with groups on solving some of these problems. And one of our earliest taglines was created with DSOs for DSOs because they were really our source of feedback 
what are your pain points? What are the things that are taking you hours to do? What do you not know about your practices, whether it's a de novo or an acquisition? And from them, we had the most amazing feedback and were able to really build the strongest dental analytics platform available, especially for groups. And so we're tapping right into all that amazing data in their practice management systems and then partnering with them to bring solutions to some of those unique problems that they have. And it's interesting that you you highlighted that partnership and, and how important it is. I've been in technology for a long time. It's really hard to go one way versus the other. It's a lot easier to focus on DSOs and then simplify than it is to try and build something for a solo group and then try and make it more complex. And, and I think that's something that I think it's really relevant in this conversation because there are a lot of those, what I would call emerging groups right now. And they, they have these very specific group level challenges. And yes, they're unique, but they also share a lot of common areas. So I think you make that really great point there. So Melissa, why do you think dental organizations should track analytics? Like conceptually? Well, I think conceptually they behave as your history book, but also your roadmap. And if you're not tracking your analytics, you're waiting until numbers are already published. Maybe you have your PL for the previous month. And it's really not going to tell you what we always refer to as the leading measure. Your production, your collection, your PL, those are really lag measures and they're important. They're the things that you get after the result is done, right? They're the things that are looking back and can tell you this is your final result. And most DSOs use them, obviously. Production, collections, your EBITDA, what does this look like? But the things that really drive those outcomes and the things that you can control day to day are your lead measures. And without that, you're sort of just flying blind and you can't really drill into the nuances of that particular practice and what makes it unique and what are the opportunities. You know, if you just want to talk about production, that's great. You can see who's most productive and who's least productive and make some assumptions based off that. But if you don't have the analytics, the true metrics that show you things like what are the different services that are occurring in each location and how many patients are leaving that practice with both a doctor appointment and a hygiene appointment coming up, you can't get at things at the ground level. And you're you're just going to keep sort of guessing at what the true problem is. So I think the easiest way to put it is that it really helps you have a detailed action plan that's much more proactive and tells you why that practice is either successful at the end of the month or has an opportunity and what that opportunity may be stemming from. What is the most significant pain point dental organizations have with how KPRs are measured and how data is presented? There are a few. You know, there's um, pain points regarding just their processes in general. The practice management system is the source of truth. And you may be on one practice management system in your organization or many. So some common pain points are just the amount of time it takes to gather all that data. You know, if you're needing to run reporting from multiple databases, multiple systems, multiple servers, the amount of time that it can take to do that is one inefficiency. And so you will experience the pain point of, do I go out and hire somebody that's an analyst to, you know, gather all this information for me and spend hours putting it into a pivot table? 
Or do I utilize a system that will do that work for me? That's one pain point, just the amount of time it can take to get that information. And then the frequency, you know, are you able to see it in real time or day to day on a daily basis so that you can make some course corrections or are you having to wait to the end of the month and then kind of look backwards and say, well, how did this office do or this particular practice do compared to others? And I think those are two real pain points for everybody. They don't feel like they're getting data fast enough. They're having to spend a lot of time mining it. Then they're making reactive instead of proactive decisions. That ties into pretty much my my next three questions. So, so what do you think is the most important metric or, or set of KPIs for measuring success for a DSO? Well, I think if you ask 10 people that, you'll get 10 different answers based on what's important to them. But when we are at the heart of it, where when I say we, I mean dental practices and DSOs are in the healthcare industry. And so having a way to measure the providers and what services are being offered, I think is really important. I think having a really robust set of clinical KPIs that align with what's recommended by the ADA or the American Academy of Periodontology or whatever your state or your clinical leaders feel is the right direction and the right treatment, that to me is really at the heart of what needs to be measured in a dental practice or a DSO because that's really telling you what level of care is being provided. And a doctor's going to be able to understand if if they have... X number of patients cross over their doors. What does it look like when we measure things like perio percentage? If we know that there's a significant amount of the population with periodontal disease, you can use those studies and that clinical knowledge and information that you have to back that up into your data and help your team align with it and make sure your standards of care are being followed. So I would say really getting your clinical KPIs that align with your clinical philosophies in place are really valuable and important, just basically for the nature of our industry and what we're all striving to do. And I agree with you. I find that organizations that focus on clinical outcomes and really making patients healthy, they also have the secondary benefit where they become successful financially as well. So when we're very patient-centric and we're focused on taking care of patients, I think the other things tend to flow through as well. I really agree with your point and your conclusion there. What best practices for managing multiple locations or regions would you share with the audience tonight? I love the idea of having sort of cohorts of locations because depending upon your geography or depending on the payer mix of different practices, the year the practice was opened and established, you're not always comparing an apple to an apple. So I would say as you grow and you start to really establish regions in your organization, think about also different ways that you can create groups of practices that have commonalities. So for example, do you have some practices who accept Medicaid and others that are fee-for-service and others that are heavy PPO? Think about how you might want to group those locations beyond just region or geography or leadership to really compare their success and identify your top performers or those that are struggling from those cohorts or groups. I think that's really, really important because anyone who's worked with 
practice leaders or doctors and, and used analytics or data to help them identify their opportunities, one of the first things they'll go to is, well, our practice is different and here's what we experience. And that's one of the ways to get past that barrier when you start putting some accountabilities in place and working with your team on data, align them with like practices so that they can really thrive in that environment that allows you to compare versus feeling defeated by it. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen organizations struggle because they try and make an apples to apples comparison, but they might be comparing two practices in totally different economic bases. The zip codes are drastically different from a patient base perspective, and they're expecting similar outcomes. And in the reality is that those things are very different and you probably shouldn't have the same expectation but making sure that you have a plan in place to evaluate the progress, I think is important. And I think that's a fine balance that that people need to strike when they're evaluating that. One of the questions that I think is pretty relevant from a best practices standpoint, and we really do like to focus in on best practices here on the show, is in your opinion, what is the first metric a dental leader should look at each morning, each week, each month? What are those top areas where they should focus? So if you're an office manager in a practice or a dental leader, a doctor, you know, whatever your role may be, if you're in one practice, I'm a big proponent of the morning huddle. I love having a morning huddle with your team. But before going into that huddle, be ready to kind of think about what did yesterday look like and give your team feedback and have a quick five-minute discussion about what can we learn from yesterday And then for today, I've always really felt like, you know, your providers cannot be successful and productive if they don't have patients in the chair. So it's kind of an obvious one, but I've always really focused on are the people that are scheduled enough to feed my providers for the day? And are they confirmed? I mean, at the beginning of the day, that's your opportunity to change the outcome by the end of the day. So who's on our schedule? Are there enough of them? What are the ways that we can drive more patients on the schedule today? Because today and tomorrow are the two most important days in your entire month. And then think about of those patients, what are the opportunities? So I think a really hard look, five minutes on yesterday, and then of who's on the schedule today, what are our opportunities? You know, who's coming in with unscheduled treatment? How can I fill any of those holes that still exist so that my providers can be successful? You can have the best hygienist in the world, but if you're only giving them four or five patients a day, it can be really challenging for them to be successful. One of the things that's occurring to me right now is, and I'm drawing from your past history experience, you know, what is the most common disconnect between headquarters and the actual practices in in practice. I mean, this is something, you know, you were talking about making sure we're tracking the right metrics. And I know that when we talk to organizations, sometimes, you know, when we're talking to the senior leadership of an organization, and then we go talk to the people, sometimes those stories aren't the same. What do you hear? and, and, And what do you think are the most common disconnects? I hear a lot of, you know, at the executive level, we look at this, but then at the practice level, when we start training those practice teams, they are not on the same page with what leadership is looking at in terms of metrics. That's really common for us to find that leadership is defining success one way. And the message hasn't made it to the practice level and to the people that can really actually drive the results, the team that's interacting with the patients and that's making decisions day to day. 
they're sort of in the dark about how success is measured within their group or their DSO. And they don't have a way to really see that until someone delivers it to them. So I think most DSOs can have this disconnect where things are being driven sort of top down, you know, numbers are looked at and decisions are made. But until you really involve your practice team, your practice managers and your doctors that are there interacting with patients all day long and say, these are the metrics that we're going to use to define success and why. And here's what good looks like, by the way, with those metrics, and then all get on the same scoreboard, there is a lot of disconnect. And you just won't have everyone rowing in that same direction or impacting your results if you've got that disparity. So it's what's being measured, why it's being measured, and then defining success from that measurement. And then putting it up there for the world to see so that it's not something that's delivered to them by their regional manager once a month, and it's either a good or a bad discussion. Let's not make those a secret. I think that has been a pretty big disconnect in my experience and also working with groups that are putting in analytics for the first time that maybe haven't had that type of reporting available at the practice level. Do you think that that disconnect is in large part because of change management, not driving it through to the bottom? Or do you think it's more of the the lens of just a lack of visibility? I mean, people just don't know. I think it's the second one. I think executives assume that everybody in the company is on the same page about those things. But I honestly think it has more to do with the fact that those pieces of information aren't usually readily available. And if they're measuring it differently, meaning they're using their practice management system to measure case acceptance, and then the executive team is using a different theory or method of calculating case acceptance, which can be wildly different. You can measure case acceptance by the number of cases presented and accepted, meaning at least one service was scheduled or completed, or you can measure it dollar for dollar, how much treatment was presented to the patient in dollar format and how much was accepted. If you're not aligned on how you're going to measure something and it's not readily available to the team, you're just going to be living in two separate worlds and you won't arrive at real change and being able to impact things at the source. I think one other disconnect often when you think about metrics and analytics between leadership and at the practice level is the missing component of considering how that ties into that person's role in the practice and even potentially some sort of incentive behind it, right? What's driving their behavior every day? What is their position description defined on, you know, with their accountabilities and with potentially a bonus or incentive plan that's wrapped around that, nothing gets people to look at a metric more than tying some sort of incentive for performance factor around it. And I think putting some sort of dashboard or analytics or KPIs in place in your business, they have to know what's in it for them. Why are we measuring this? You know, how does it relate to me? And then is there some sort of incentive built around that to really focus everyone's attention on it? And I couldn't agree more. What traps do you think that dental leaders fall into when it comes to operational efficiencies? They fall into the trap often of what they know. So I've really enjoyed getting to meet with people that came from other industries. You know, when you've worked in DSOs and dental for a long time, and then you have people from outside the industry join, they'll typically say, well, I'm not dental. 
And I would tell people, I'll give you one month to say I'm not dental. And then after that, you are officially dental. (laughs) Um, Because I think that's honestly can be a superpower. You're coming in with fresh eyes. And I think the traps that we tend to fall into is that, you know, we've done things a certain way for a long time and we can learn a lot from other industries. So having some fresh eyes around how you're doing things and your processes is not a bad thing. It can feel frustrating sometimes if that person is also needing to learn a little bit just about some of the nuances and things that make the industry unique. But I really do think that that's the biggest trap we tend to fall into is that things have to be done the way that we've always done them. And that's actually a really dangerous phrase. And so I think, you know, whether it comes to the way we present treatment to patients or the way that we conduct staff meetings, even those are things that can be shaken up a little bit and sort of turned on their head. And it's a great time to do that when you're starting to implement some KPIs or metrics, you know, having people look at your business with fresh eyes that don't have some of the preconceived notions that you have or beliefs that you may have about your practice or your group. And one of the things I think you really hit on here is that there are a lot of valuable insights from outside of dental And there are a lot of people coming into dental. And so we get different lenses. There's also limitations. We're not the same as other industries. And as much as we'd like to be as advanced in some areas, dentistry is not as advanced as other industries that are closely aligned with us. And and so I think it's really interesting that organizations really should focus in on what they have control over, what is dental specific and needs to be, and focus on improving those areas. I, I think that's a really valuable insight. So we've talked a lot about some of those pain points specific to dental organizations, Melissa. Can you think of any examples of a specific KPI that people would want to optimize for that could really uh, improve, you know, how data is presented and measured for, for practices? Absolutely. So a very specific pain point that a lot of DSOs have is how do I pay my providers and how do I calculate provider payroll for hundreds of providers when we're doing compensation four different ways for various doctors? And I would say a solution like Jarvis has, whether it's Jarvis or another solution, find yourself a way to simplify that process because it's very cumbersome. It can be riddled with opportunity to make errors The last thing you want to do is make an error with a provider's compensation. And something that we've done to ease the burden on DSOs from that particular situation is a one-time setup. We're already syncing with all those details that make up a provider's compensation. So once they're set up, Jarvis can calculate that for you. I think we're the only one that does that provider payroll module. I don't know of any other product you you can get that's already syncing with all your provider data. So their production, their collections, everything we traditionally base provider pay off of. And instead of crunching that through a pivot table or a spreadsheet, which is filled with errors and can cost you a doctor if you pay them incorrectly, we already have that data. So you can go straight to the source, do a one-time setup of how that provider is compensated and then boom, every pay period from there on out, you can trust it. And, and that's a big pain point for a lot of groups. So Melissa, I think we had an amazing conversation today, some really valuable insights and best practices. So if people want to learn more about you or what's going on with Jarvis Analytics, what's the best way for people to reach out? The easiest way is just go to jarvisanalytics.com. 
And there's a big green button up in the corner. You can request a free demo if you want to see more about the product itself and what we do here at Jarvis. But you can also just scroll through that website. It's got testimonials of how we've helped other groups, as well as more information about the types of information and ways that Jarvis can help. We are also launching our solo product soon for private practices. So we've, as you know, been very focused on groups and DSOs. But more is coming all the time. We are a team that really likes to create. So we're adding new features every single week. We push new features to Jarvis, which I think is really cool and allows us to just continue to innovate. So what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we'll add that into the show notes so everybody can find it. And I really appreciate you joining us here on the show. We know that there's a shortage of best practices in the industry. We know people are trying to learn all the time and really appreciate the fact that you could come and and share so much with us today. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everybody, for joining this episode of The Dental Deep Dive. We were so glad to have Melissa joining us. I learned a lot. I sure hope you did, too. Just a couple of takeaways for me that really stood out. One of them was making sure that organizations understood the trends that they wanted to focus on. And one of the things that Melissa shared was the fact that trends aren't always about historical, but about projecting the future of where you want to go and really being oriented around having a plan, having a budget and having a goal. I think that was super valuable insight. I really liked her concepts around centralization of data and how to better leverage that to grow organizations. And one of the best practices that also stood out to me was the concept of being able to make sure you're aligned with your staff all the way from the headquarters, all the way down to the people working it, supporting the patients in the chairs. And and when we think about that alignment and how valuable it can be, it really helps an organization move the needle in a meaningful way. And with that, thank you again for joining this episode of The Dental Deep Dive, and we'll see you next time. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Dentrix Enterprise, for sponsoring this episode of The Dental Deep Dive. Dentrix Enterprise is a powerful practice management platform that allows organizations to centralize operations and allows them to really set up powerful standardized operating procedures to run efficiently and effectively throughout their organization. Dentrix Enterprise also has capabilities and can integrate with platforms like Jarvis Analytics. If you'd like to learn more about how Dentrix Enterprise can optimize your dental experiences, please visit them at dentrixenterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive. Mm -hmm.